What's going on, everybody? This is Heath and Steven with Tillman's Corner Sports Talk. I want to thank everybody for listening tonight or tomorrow, whenever you get a chance to listen to. We really appreciate it. If you get a chance, subscribe to our page. Give us a rate, a review. Email us any questions you got at Tillman's Corner Sports Talk at gmail.com. That's Tillman's Corner Sports Talk at gmail.com. We also, wherever you're listening from, I know we're from Mobile, Alabama, but if you're listening from anywhere outside of Alabama, or even if you're listening from Alabama, shoot us an email where we're listening to. We really would like to know where a lot of people are listening from. And tonight we got three hot topics, and then we got two main topics where we'll be talking about Alabama sports news. We're going to be hitting Alabama football, softball, and a little basketball, and then we're going to finish up tonight going over our 10 top 10 receivers in the NFL. But to start it off, we want to do a little local shout-out. Who you got, Steven? Yeah, so every week, everybody knows it's been listening. We like highlighting some local players. We have – well, she's not in town playing sports. She actually plays for the University of Georgia, Lacey Fincher. She's a softball player. But the reason we give her our local shout-out, she went to uh, Faith Academy, graduated from Faith Academy. Lacey Fincher, she plays first base. She's this past week's SEC Player of the Week. So let me give you the stats. So in one week, Lacey Fincher, three home runs – Nine RBIs. She had a on base percentage of 750, so that's that's really good in and of itself. And then four walks, and she had a slugging uh, percentage of 1.857. So she definitely killed it this week. Um, you know, she killed it at Faith. She's doing a great job at Georgia. Yeah, no, that's really exciting news. And we love to do these because we just want to show how much talent we got around here. And Lacey Fincher. I actually played football with her older brother, Luke Fincher. She was a beast in high school. I think in the seventh grade she was on varsity, and she may have been starting. I'm not quite sure, but I think she was starting. I know she was starting varsity in middle school. She was really good then. You could tell that she had a lot of potential, and she's absolutely killing it at Georgia. Like you said, she was the SEC Player of the Week, and that's really awesome for her and her family. I know they're super proud of her and exciting, and I know she's making this area very proud of her. But we're going to roll into our hot topics of the week. And we got, like I said, we got three of them. And the first one we're going to hit, it's uh, it's really sad news, honestly. Uh, yeah. We're talking about Dwayne Haskins. And I know, and I'll just break it down for you real quick. If whoever's listening hasn't heard the news, Dwayne Haskins, a 24-year-old, he was a quarterback in the NFL. He was at Ohio State. You know, he was a front runner for – well, not a front runner. He was a finalist for the Heisman when two and Kyler Murray was there when Kyler Murray won it. Dwayne Haskins on Saturday morning got hit by a dump truck crossing the interstate, and he sadly passed away. Yeah, pretty sad news. Anybody that's followed uh, NFL or any even in, in college, you, you know who Dwayne Haskins is. Like you said, played at Ohio State, played for the, the Steelers and the, well now the uh, Washington Commanders. But uh, it's crazy because I was reading, um, I think, like the day before the – Maybe a couple of days before, he was actually training with Najee Harris. You know, they were getting ready, getting um, off season, doing some conditioning, conditioning, excuse me, and, and training with each other. And then something like this, just a, a few days later. So our prayers go out to his family for sure, um, just for you know comfort and peace. If if they're if you can feel such a thing in, in a time like this, um, praying for them, uh, family, friends, everyone involved for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a sad situation right there with Dwayne Haskins. Like you said, prayers for his family. Hopefully he had a relationship with the Lord. 
And hopefully he's in a better place now. Like you said, they were in Florida. They were training. And he was actually, I think, hanging out with Najee Harris and some of his teammates the night before Friday night. But this is very sad news. It it really wrecked the uh, the sports world this weekend. Like you said, prayers for his family. It's a, it's a terrible situation. I know he's younger than both of us, which is really sad. You know, life's so short. So we hope the best for his family. And hopefully yeah. they can, you know, get through this really hard time. But our second hot topic. And this really had the sports world buzzing. Is Tiger Woods was in the Masters? Yeah, uh, you know I I don't watch a lot of golf. Actually, I don't watch golf. <laughs> I, I keep up with you know I, yeah, I follow ESPN and Sports Center and all that stuff on social media, and I watch it sometimes. So I'll hear bits and pieces. But even if you don't watch golf, you know I, I don't watch golf. I don't play golf. I've been to the driving range one time, and it wasn't good. Um, but you know who Tiger Tiger Woods is, right? So everybody knows who Tiger Woods is. If you don't know, you know, last year, February of 2021, he was in an accident, you know, really bad accident, really messed his right leg up, multiple fractures uh, to the upper and lower portions of his, of his leg, the tibia and fibula uh, in his right leg, damage to his ankle, soft tissue damage, you know. Um, I, they, I want to say they had to go in and put like a steel – like a, a basically like a bar or um, a steel rod in his leg or especially his, in his ankle to stabilize but just a really nasty accident um didn't think that they didn't think he'd ever play again uh for sure yeah no like you said he got an accident in february of 2021 and <clears throat> he was pretty like critical a lot of people i mean his family stuff didn't know if he'd make it i actually saw where they they asked him where they were actually thinking about amputating one of his legs. It was that serious. It was a nasty accident. Yeah. And like you said, he was never expected to play golf. And I'm sure she told him 13 months ago that he would be playing in the Masters. I'm sure he'd be elated. He finished 47, so that's not great. But I guess it is great for a guy, you know, who thought he was going to get his leg amputated and was fighting for his life yeah. to be playing in the Masters. He didn't even, you know, a lot of people, he didn't even – like he didn't play a full 18 rounds before he started the Masters which is incredible. So, you know, props off to him. Hopefully he gets back healthy and he can get back to going because he's one of the greatest golfers of all time. And our third topic of the night, the MLB season started back. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, uh, a few episodes ago about how it was, you know, they were in a lockout. There were disagreements and about money and all that stuff, and now they're back. Um, so exciting stuff, exciting news. I've been watching some highlights. I think it was the first get, first – First week, I think, or first few games, there was already a uh, a dugout clearing, a brawl that happened. I can't. I should have looked up the teams. I can't remember the teams' names, but already within you know just a, a week or two, whatever that it started, <laughs> they were already having uh, dugouts come out and fighting each other. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Like you said, the season started started back. I've been watching a little bit of the Braves. Uh, they're a little bit losing right now, but they'll get it back together. Our a local guy, Josh Donaldson, actually hit a walk-off for the Yankees. His first game as a Yankee hit a walk-off on opening day, which is pretty cool for him. And so, yeah, so the MLB's back as, you know, football's dying off and the NBA is about to, you know, wind down. That's good the MLB's starting back. But we're going to roll into our first topic of the night, and it's basically Alabama sports news, everything Alabama. And the first thing we're going to hit on is Alabama softball. They had a series this weekend with the University of Florida. 
and they took two out of three from them. And Florida, which is really, it's really impressive thinking that Florida's the number eight team in the country. And Florida's really talented. They're really good. And so to take two out of three from them is really impressive. Yeah, we've heard, you know, we've been talking several weeks about the softball team and they just keep impressing every week. And, you know, they're not beating, you know, they're beating really, really good teams. And even the losses that you mentioned, I think last week, the losses are to really good teams. So beating some really good teams, having a really strong run, you know, let's just hopefully they can keep it rolling, stay motivated, stay, stay hungry and just, you know, make a, make a huge run and hopefully bring back a championship. That's right. Hopefully they stay on their grind, man. And they, you know, they make us proud and they bring home a, a championship in the tournament. Really the second thing with Alabama, we're talking about football and this week is the last week of spring practice and Saturday is the eight day game. And just a couple of, you know, news is news is Lord news from today. Tyler Steen, I think that's how you say it. He was an offensive lineman from Vanderbilt. He committed to Alabama today, which is a huge boost for, you know, for the team. I actually think he'll come in and he'll start at one of the tackles, either right or left tackle. So what do you think about this news? Is it a big get for Bama? You like it? Oh, yeah, I like it. It's a big get because here's the thing. With any, with any transfer, especially the past few years, you know, Alabama's not getting transfers to sit the bench and offer depth. Now, if the guy doesn't win the job, they won't be starting because Alabama's not going to give anything and promise anybody a starting position. But if you're transferring to Alabama, it's because they, they expect you to win the job now it's up to you whether you go out and win it but you know i think it's a great get especially you know our offensive line last year wasn't kind of struggled everything so i like it i'm really excited for it. i think when the season begins he is the starting one of the tackle spots i don't know if the left tackle or right tackle but i believe he'll be a starter uh to begin the year yeah, like you said, that's a really good point. Like you said, when Bama, when Nick Saban, when he brings in a transfer, a high-name transfer, they normally produce at a high level. And they brought in four so far, and we've talked about them in pretty much each episode. They Jermaine Burton, the wide receiver from Georgia, I think he'll be a starter day one. Jabari Gibbs, or Jamar Gibbs, whatever, however you say it, he came in from Georgia Tech. I think he'll contribute a lot at running back. This guy, Steen. I think he's going to start a tackle. And then Eli Ricks. And then another guy, you know, it broke today that he entered the transfer portal and he's linked to Alabama, an absolute speedster. This guy can fly. He's a guy's name's Tyler Tyler Harrell, I, I want to say. I may have butchered that, but I think it's Tyler Harrell. He's from uh, Louisville. And this guy, he had phenomenal stats. He's a home run hitter. I think he averaged 29 yards a catch, which is incredible. You know, I, I saw today where they a Louisville one of the coaches clocked him running a four one nine. Now obviously that's that's probably not very accurate. That's probably a hand clock. But man, if you get clocked running a four one nine, that may, probably means you're in the four twos, which is phenomenal speed. Yeah, I, I, I was watching some of his highlights, um, and yeah, he looks like he can fly. You know, you mentioned twenty nine yards per catch. He only had which kind of blows my mind. You would think they try to get him the ball more. Last year at Louisville, he only had tw- uh, excuse me, 18 receptions, so 18 catches, but he had 523 yards and six touchdowns of those 18 catches. So definitely explosive. Like I said, you know, you mentioned he hasn't committed to anyone yet, but everyone is reporting that Alabama seems to be the destination. It's crazy because, you know, whenever they were doing this portal thing, transfer portal, and they wanted to make it, you know, where kids could just go wherever they want, 
because they every, a lot of people were saying, oh, it'll make it fair for some of these other teams. They can get players and compete. And Nick Saban was like, okay, look, it's not the rich are just going to get richer. It's going to be just like free agency in the NFL. It's going to be like that in college. And, you know, what happened? Last year they got Jamison Williams, Henry Toa Now this year they got the best transfer corner, the best transfer running back, the best transfer receiver. If this kid goes, maybe the second best transfer receiver, and then one of the best transfer offensive linemen from Vanderbilt. So it's one of those things. If you can't beat him, join him. And he's, you know, like we've talked about, the reason why Saban is a goat because he adapts. And if you're going to allow him to do something, he's going to do it whether he likes it or not because he knows he has to do that in order to keep up with the game. That's right. Like you said, Saban really wasn't for this, but he's like, hey, if that's the rule, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it absolutely better than anybody in the country. And every, like you said, most of the transfers he gets are huge players, big-time players, and I expect that from every transfer that we got coming in that are going to produce at a very high level this upcoming season. But like I said earlier, the spring game is called A-Day game. It's this Saturday. So, Stephen, what are, what are you looking for, particularly in the spring game, and who are you excited to watch? Well, one thing about the A-Day game, it's kind of like, you know, down here we have the Senior Bowl. Um, and everybody, the Senior Bowl is for the fans so that everybody can watch. But the important, uh, you know, leading up to the Senior Bowl are the practices and all that stuff. And I feel like it's the same with the A-Day game, the practices and then other scrimmages that are closed off to everyone is the most important. The A-Day game is really just for the fans. But it can sometimes, you know, kind of give you an idea of, Who's going to be starting? How good some guys are? Man, I'm really, I, I am, I'm so pumped. One of the reasons is because of some of these transfers, you know, on the defensive side, Ricks, I think he's going to lock down one side. Um, I'm excited to see who's next to Toa Toa in the middle at linebacker. Will Anderson, I don't expect him to play because I don't know if he's injured. I still wouldn't play him because, again, you don't want him to get hurt and you don't want him to hurt somebody. So I'm excited for the defense. I'm excited to see Aaron Anderson. You know, we've heard a lot about him. I'm excited to see Burton and Jameer Gibbs, you know. uh, Really everyone. We know what Bryce can do, so I'm pretty pumped to see what some of the other quarterbacks, Milrow and and then uh, Ty Simpson, to to see who's maybe kind of going to be the backup, hopefully, and see what they can do. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I, I'm I'm really excited on the defense. Talking about defense, I want to see who lines up next to Henry Toto. Is it either Jalen Moody or is it Deontay Lawson? Who's ahead right there at that inside linebacker position next to uh, Henry Toto? And then, like you said, I hope Will Anderson doesn't play, but if he does, he will dominate. And on the other end, the offensive end, these receivers, you know, Saban came out with comments saying they were a little inconsistent, you know, in the last scrimmage, a lot of drop balls and and – you know, Ajay Hall, he he officially transferred. So, that – I mean, we're going to – Bama has to have receivers step up pretty much right now, according to Saban, it's just Jermaine Burton. And Ja'Cory Brooks, he's he's injured right now, so, you know, we'll give him a pass. But these other guys, they really got to step up. And this is a perfect opportunity. The whole – you know, the country's going to be watching. The sports world, Bama fans, everybody's going to be watching. You know, this is your chance. Like you said, it's not a real game. But these guys are competitive, and they know everybody's watching. So, I hope they go out there and put their best foot forward. I'm excited to see Aaron Anderson, like you said. JoJo Earl, hopefully he got a little better. You know, I'm excited to see him and just these other guys, a couple of freshmen coming in. I'm excited to see them. And then, like you said, the backup quarterback, I think it's interesting. You know, Jalen Milrow or this five-star Ty Simpson coming in, 
I'm excited. I hear right now that it's Jalen Milrow, you know, and I know we talked about it on previous episodes, but Jalen Milrow, you know, a lot of people said he was one of the fastest guys on the team last year. And we really didn't get to see him a lot because when we did, it was kind of a mop-up duty and he was just really handing the ball off. But, you know, you got to get these guys reps because you never know, you know, knock on wood. But, you know, God forbid Bryce Young goes down next year. And, you know, these guys are going to have to be ready and they're going to have to step up. So I'm excited to see them play. I think they'll get a lot of run in the A-Day game. And I'm really, really excited to watch them play. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Like you said, the receivers, they've got to step up. Um, I know you you, know, you mentioned Saban said pretty – it makes you sound like he's talking about Jermaine Burton's really the only consistent receiver. So, hopefully the other guys can step up. Um, but I'm not going to put too much stock in what receivers kind of look great at the A-Day game because what happened last year, Jai Hall, great A-Day game. People were like, oh, man, this kid's going to be a star. He's going to help us in his freshman year. Then we get to the season, and you don't see him for pretty much the whole year. And now he's transferred. So I'm excited just to watch just because it's fun, but I'm not going to put too much stock in, in what the receivers show. Yeah, that's true. So everybody tune in Saturday and watch the A-Day game. You will not be disappointed. And our last topic in this Alabama you know, section, we're going to be talking about Alabama basketball course. And, you know, Keon Ellis, he was a starter this year. He is leaving. He graduated. He'll be going to the NBA draft. And there's a bunch of more guys transferring. You know, Alabama's up to 11 players. Eight scholarship players are leaving because of transfer or they're either going to the draft or they're no longer eligible. So, you know, what do you think about this, Steven? You know, we're losing a ton of guys, but, you know, hopefully we get some guys in and these recruits come in. Yeah, it's going to be uh... – you know, we talked about LSU losing other players. Alabama's not far behind them. Yep. Uh, Keon Ellis announced, you know, he signed with an agent, so he's gone. Like you said, the 11 players total, so that could be, you know, a couple of walk-ons and whatnot. But total on the team, 11 players, eight scholarships. James Rojas is gone. Britton Johnson, he was a walk-on. He's gone. Um, so it's going to be tough because, you know, Kentucky's going to be good again. They're always good. Auburn's probably going to be good again. Tennessee's going to be good. Arkansas just signed the number two recruiting class in the country, and they're signing some really good players in the portal. So they're going to be a really good team. It's going to be tough. And then LSU, you know, they lost all their players. But as we've said with other teams, all it takes is getting the right guys in there and the right players. And who knows? I mean, they might can get some really good players and be good next year. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, tough sledding. The player I'm really excited about, and we, we were talking, I think, texting last Thursday, uh, this Mark Sears from Ohio. He's actually from Muscle Shoals, Alabama. So that's when he committed. He said, I'm coming home. Um, that's where he's from. But he played the past two years at Ohio. He's a point guard. Um, I watched some highlights on me. He's a lefty. Really good player. Uh, I, I'm pumped. We were talking about all day long on Thursday. I feel like, man, we hope this get we get this guy. And then the news broke that he's committing to Alabama. I'm 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 excited about this guy. I really am. You know, with all the players leaving, they could still sign like three or four more guys. But I, I'm I'm really excited about him. Oh yeah, I'm super pumped about this guy. He averaged like 20 points, you know, a game last year for uh, the University of Ohio. And he's a good shooter. I think he shot about, I think, 40%, you know, from the three-point range. And like you said, he's a lefty. And, you know, the only guys left on the team right now are Noah Gurr, Betty Ako, and Darius Miles. And now, you know, Mark Sears. And we got a bunch of recruits coming in. 
like you said, the SEC will be loaded. Arkansas, I think, will be legit. Like you said, they got the number two recruiting class. They just signed two, I think, brothers from the portal. So they're going to be really, really good. And hopefully, you know, Bama can keep, you know, doing good. We got two five-star, you know, players coming in. So hopefully, you know, these guys fit a little more Nate Oates' system. And, you know, I'm excited for this team. You know, this is an important year for Nate Oates, honestly. It, I mean, it just really is. And this team needs to make a run in the tournament and just prove that, hey, you know, Nate Oates is the right guy for the job. He is the guy to lead this program to the future and hopefully, you know, take Bama to a Final Four. They haven't been to one since I've been alive. So I'm really excited to see where this team goes and is headed. And, yeah, that I mean, that's – that's pretty Yeah, yeah they, I mean, I'm excited because – and, you know, we talk about eight scholarship players have, less, have left. That's not including J.D. Davis, and we're still waiting to hear on him. So if he leaves, that's nine. Um like you said, top. I think Alabama has the number three recruiting class coming in, so definitely some talent coming in. We mentioned Mark Sears; he's going to be great. Um, uh, I actually had a guy; he transferred from Texas Tech and was hurt all of last year. Namari, Namiri Burnett. I know I'm saying his first name wrong, yeah. but he's supposed to be a really good player. So with him and then the transfers and and um, getting some guys in in the transfer portal and then also the recruiting class, you know, they're going to have talent. So we'll just see if they can kind of put it together. They had talent this past year, didn't put it together, obviously. So hopefully they'll, they'll uh, be more motivated next year. Yeah. Hopefully they come out, you know, ready to play and on fire. But for our last topic tonight, we're going to be talking about the NFL. And this is a little bit of a shorter episode we got for you tonight. Just, there's just not really a whole lot going on right now you know, in the sports world. But tonight we're going to be breaking down me and Steven's top ten receivers for the 2022 season. And man, Steven, this was an incredibly hard list. I mean, this was this was by far the hardest, you know, list we've done. It was way harder than the quarterbacks and running backs. There's just so many good, you know, receivers. So we'll be do, we'll do it like we did the last couple of episodes. I'll say mine, and then you'll go back. But starting at ten for me, you know, I say I'm not supposed to do this every week, but I got three guys. So – at 10, I got Jamar Chase. I got a 10A, Jalen Waddle, and 10B, DK Metcalf. To me, all them guys are right there. They're French top 10. You know, I know a lot of people love, and it may be surprising because he may be higher on your list, Jamar Chase. But, honestly, you look at the situation he got put in, he has a ton of talent around him. You got T. Higgins. You know, you got Boyd in the slot, Joe Mixon. And then Joe Burrow at quarterback, you know, just chunking it up to him. So, he had a, you know, he had a great chance, and he had a phenomenal rookie year. I think he set the record for the most receiving yards in a rookie year, so that's why he's top ten. But, you know, because I think he had a great situation, and then of course Jalen Waddle, he set the record. We were texting about today. He set the record for most catches by a rookie, but he just didn't have many yards because we they wasn't really pushing the ball down the field because of that offensive system, and because they didn't want to air it out with Tua. And then of course DK Metcalf, I got him, and like you know. I say 10B, but that's really 12 because, you know, I think he's going to take a big step back where with uh, Wilson leaving, going to Denver. I think DK Metcalf will get traded. So it may affect that a little bit. But right now I got him, you know, as my 10B. So what do you think about that? Oh, yeah, I think those are great. You know, we said last week this was going to be the hard, hardest list. I think you could t- put the top 20, maybe 25 receivers in a hat, mm-hmm. shake it up, and then draw out names and pick your top 10. I, I don't – I don't believe it would be a laughable list, you know, because there's so many great receivers. Honorable mentions, man, I don't even have – I don't have DK because, you know, you mentioned the quarterback situation. I don't have 
Mike Evans. I don't have Michael Thomas. I don't have Jalen Waddle. You know, Chris Godwin. I don't have a lot of these guys just because this was definitely an extremely hard list to do. Um, so my number ten receiver, who I believe will be top ten for next year, um, is Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper got traded from the Cowboys to the Browns. You know, on the Cowboys, you had um, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb. Uh, they like to run the ball, so, uh, you know, that takes away from the passing game some. But when he's going to a Browns team that – now, they like to run the ball, but as far as, like, receivers, he's going to be the top dog. You got Deshaun Watson there. If he can get back to form how he was before he was off for a year. Uh, so, I think – Mark Cooper can definitely be a top 10 receiver next year. And actually, I forgot to mention in my honorable mention, I would not – don't be shocked at all if Jerry Judy from the Broncos is a top 10 receiver next year. Yeah, those are really, really good. Yeah, if he could be completely healthy for a whole season and then have Russell Wilson as his quarterback, it would not shock me at all if he's top 10 next year. Yeah, no, those are phenomenal picks. You know, I – I honestly forgot about Amari Cooper. I'm not even going to lie. I forgot about Amari Cooper. But like you said, I think Deshaun Watson coming over, and if he plays the whole season, Amari Cooper could easily be top ten. Like you said, man, th- all these guys are pretty much interchangeable to me. You know, one through 20, of course, you know, you got the top guys. But these guys are so great at what they do. But those are good picks, uh, Cooper and Judy. But for me, number nine is Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen, I love the guy. He's really competitive. He always gets open. He's got great hands, and, you know, he's got uh, Justin Herbert throwing him the ball, who's a big-time gunslinger, and he just throws it up to him, and Keenan Allen does not disappoint. He's a really good receiver. I really like him. He's a leader on that team, and, you know, it helps him a little bit. He's got Mike Williams on the other side, who's really a deep threat, but I like Keenan Allen, and that's who I got at number nine. Yeah, that's a really good pick. Uh, he's he's another guy who I don't have in my top ten, just not because he's not good, just because there's there's so many great receivers. Um, so my number nine, I have C.D. Lamb from the Cowboys because, as I mentioned, the player before him, Amari Cooper, was on the Cowboys. He's gone. Um, Cedric Wilson, who was a slot guy, um, he's gone to the Dolphins now. So uh, I think C.D. Lamb will see a, a big jump in production and, and – targets overall this uh, this next year this next season man city lamb that was that's a sleeper too that's that's a good pick you know like you said he's going to the number one he'll be the number one target this year for the cowboys so i could definitely see him in the top 10 but for number eight right here i gotta this guy could be higher he's maybe higher on your list justin jefferson i love justin jefferson you know he destroyed bama you know him and jamar chase both destroyed bama when they played you know with joe burrow but he's a great player. I love, you know, his edge, his swagger. He dances, you know, after every touchdown. And, you know, he's good. He's also got a really good receiver playing with him and Adam Thielen. And he's got a good quarterback. And then their head coach they just brought in with uh, O'Connell. You know, they're getting rid of uh, Mike Zimmer, who was a defensive guy. So, I think bringing in O'Connell will just, you know, boost Justin Jefferson even more. And he's a really good talent. And I'm excited to see what the future holds for him. Yeah, that's, a, that's another good pick. Uh, uh, he's actually a little higher on my list. We'll get to him here. Uh, and, uh, guy is Debo. 49ers. Debo, he's he's a – if you watched him play last year, he's all around. Back all over the field where they can maximize his potential and just, you know, he'll run past. 
Yeah, Debo, I got him actually a little higher. I absolutely love Debo, and I'll talk more about him when I get to him. It may surprise you how high I got him. But for number seven for me, I got A.J. Brown. And the reason I got A.J. Brown, I couldn't imagine what this guy, what kind of numbers he would put up if he was playing with a really good quarterback. You know, he's playing with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, and he doesn't get a lot of opportunities like a lot of these top, you know, top-tier receivers. But I think he's phenomenal. He's a beast. His yards after catch, he's really physical. He's fast. You know, that whole team is just physical. They feed off of Derrick Henry and they feed off of A.J. Brown. And, you know, when the ball's up in the air, A.J. Brown goes and gets it. And I, I love watching him play. He's super physical. Like I said, he's great at run after catch. And that's why I got him at seven. Yeah, that's another good one. Um, so my number Stephon Diggs from the Bills. Um, Josh Allen is still there, so they're they're set at quarterback. You know about what Josh Allen's going to do. You know what he can do. Eighty yards, you know. Um, so Stephon Diggs at number seven. Hey, that's a phenomenal pick. I actually got him at number six for me. Stephon Diggs. You got Josh Allen, who's you know top quarterback in the NFL, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, throwing him the ball. And whenever Stephon Diggs, well, I got him at six, you know, whenever he came over, he just really accelerated Josh Allen's, you know, you know, his curve, and he just started going up. And I think Diggs, is, he's a great route runner. I know he destroyed the Patriots in the playoffs last year, and I love uh, Stephon Diggs. He plays with that edge. He's a legit number one receiver, and I love him. That's why I got him at six. Six guy is uh, going. The reason I don't have him top five or even top three is just because why. You know, he's he trades the offense. Mike McDaniel's offense is going to be different than the Chiefs. The Chiefs, you know, they it's a different system. They throw it around a little bit more. I think that you know the Dolphins are going to be really heavy run. Plus, on top of that, you know, you'll have Waddle, Gasecki, Cedric Wilson, the, the running backs that they just got. You know, uh, Mike McDaniel's likes to use a lot of guys in different positions. Now, I think he'll be a a top guy, and if he is top three, it's not going to surprise me. But just because of the the differences in offense that he'll be in, I have him as number six instead of you know higher. No, yeah, I, I'm a fan of Tyreek Hill. I got him a little higher on my list. We'll get to him when I get there. But that, I mean, all the points you that you make are very valid. You know, I have him a little, little higher on my list, but I think you know you made really good points. They're going to run the ball a lot. You know, Tua is a lot different than Patrick Mahomes. Everybody knows it. You know, he doesn't have that big time arm like Patrick Mahomes. But for number five, I got D Hop, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he to me has the best hands in the NFL. You know, he's great. You know, that play that sticks out for him really in his career is the Hail Mary, where Kyler Murray threw it up to him and he snatched it over three Bills defenders. And he just got phenomenal hands. And the thing about him is he just has to stay healthy. He wasn't healthy last year, you know, and for the 2021 season. So, I hope he can stay healthy, and I think he'll be a top five receiver because he's he's phenomenal. You know, he's the one of the best high point catchers in the NFL. His hands are huge, and he can just he just engulfs the ball, and he's a great receiver. Yeah, I actually don't even <laughs> I don't even have him in my top ten. I'm probably gonna when chill out. 
when Murphy hears this uh, episode, I'm going to get a message from him, I'm sure. I'm sorry, David. I just, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. If Kyler doesn't, you know, he kind of regressed toward the end of last season, it seemed like. So, we'll see what he does. But um, my number five is A.J. Brown from Titan. You had him at, I think, seven. Yeah. Um, he's my number five guy. Uh, you know, I think having Derrick Henry back will help a little bit. You know, they still ran the ball okay when when, when Henry was out. But having Henry back and the threat of, of him, I think, will open up even more for him. So he's been a top guy, you know, for a few years now. So I don't see him having any drop off. I have him as number five. Yeah, that's a that's a good pick. I had him, like you said, I had him at seven. You know, he's phenomenal. He's really good run after catch. And so for me, number four, I got Debo Samuel. Debo is probably one of my favorite players in the NFL. Like you said earlier, he's really versatile. You can honestly line him up at running back and probably give him the ball twenty five times, and he will not get tired. He runs over defensive backs. He runs over linebackers. He's probably one of the most physical guys for his size in the NFL, and he's great after catch. I couldn't imagine if he actually had a real, like a really good quarterback, like an Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or one of these guys. You know, the ceiling is unbelievable for him. And Kyle Shanahan will put him in a position, you know, to succeed. And I, I'm so excited. I think he could be a dark horse for the MVP of the NFL next year. I, I love watching him play. He runs with an absolute edge and um, – He's a phenomenal guy. That's why I have him at number four. So my number four guy, let me see. Lost my list here. Okay, my number four guy is Justin Jefferson from the Vikings. Uh, you know, what, what we've, we've talked about him already. You had him on your list um, further down. But I think he's he's going to take another kind of a – I don't want to say big step because he's already a really good receiver. Um you mentioned Mike Zimmer's out. He was kind of a defensive guy. They brought in a guy that's offensive-minded. So I think it's going to maybe even push him even further, uh, even to be better than he was last year. So I have him as a top five receiver, uh, top four receiver next year. Yep, phenomenal pick. I got three, I got Tyreek Hill. I know you had him a little lower down, but I think what he does is, you know, it's unmatched. His speed, he's the fastest guy in the NFL. And when he, get, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's like – you just can't catch him, and you know my mind goes back to the to the AF to the game against the Bills last year in the AFC playoffs where he caught the ball and he just you know he caught the ball and he the defender was ahead of him and he threw up the peace sign as he passed the defender going to the end zone. I mean the guy he's he can absolutely fly. I'm excited to see what Mike McDaniel's can do with him. Hopefully they find a creative way to give him the ball because it's not going to be like last year. He's not just going to run down the field and two is going to just sling it up 60 yards like Patrick Mahomes can. So they're going to have to find a creative way to get him the ball, and I think they will. I think they'll use him a little bit in the running game. You know, maybe not a ton because he's not really that big, but maybe they can throw it to him on screens and then, you know, these uh, deep crossing routes, hopefully two can hit him. So that's why I get him at three because he's just so explosive. Yeah, I remember that play where he threw up the threw up the peace sign. Uh, yeah, I'm, man, I'm so pumped to watch him play on the with with Mike McDaniel's offense and jet sweeps, reverses, uh, just the, how creative they can be with him, uh, him and Waddle, really, because Waddle's not at the same speed as Tyreek, but you know he's he's still extremely fast. Uh, so my number three guy is Devontae Adams. You know he got traded from the Packers to the Raiders. So, a little drop-off in quarterback play. But, you know, Derek Carr's not a, a, a bad quarterback. Um, he's not Aaron Aaron Rodgers. But, I, so, I think Devontae's still going to be a top three. Because you got – it's not just Devontae. You know, you got Darren Waller. 
great tight end, can split out wide receiver. He grabs attention. Hunter Renfro in the slot, he grabs attention. Josh Jacobs at running back, he grabs attention. So, you know, on the on the Packers, he had Aaron Rodgers, but he didn't really have anybody else that the defense was threatened by, I would say. Whereas on the Raiders, he didn't have as good of a quarterback, but the other weapons around him are a lot better to take some attention off of him. So I have him as a uh, number three um, wide receiver next year. Yeah, Devontae Adams is a beast. I got him a little higher on my list, and I'll break that down when I get to him. But my number two receiver is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup arguably had the most the statistical greatest season in NFL history last year. He was the triple crown, which means in the NFL receiving, which means he led the NFL in receiving yards, catches, and touchdowns. He he had an unbelievable connection with Matthew Stafford. And, you know, he capped that off with winning the Super Bowl. And Cooper Cup is great. Sean McVay does a phenomenal job of, you know, getting him, you know, against good matchups. And you can't guard this guy. You know, last year the Bucs tried to double team the Bengals. They all tried to double team. And the man still caught, you know, you know, 10 catches, you know, for 100 and some yards and a touchdown. It's just impossible to guard him. And, you know, you look at him, you're like, man, he's not athletic. The man ran like a 4-6, you know. Or I don't know what he ran. But, you know, he's not good. He's not great. But, hey. He's great after the catch. He's got good hands. He's one of the best route runners in the NFL. So, you know, that's why I got him at number two. I think he will continue what he did last year with Matthew Stafford, and I think he could be even better. Yeah, so we actually agree on this one. I have Cooper Cup at number two as well. Kind of, as you mentioned, he's a, a great he, – he's, he's a deceptive receiver, you know. He, he might be deceived and look at him and not think he's much, but um, don't judge a book by its cover because he can – He's just an all-around great receiver. Sean McVay is back. Matthew Stafford, you mentioned you mentioned the um, rapport they had and the um, chemistry they had with each other. Matthew Stafford's back, so I don't see any reason that Cooper Cup he might lead the league again in receiving yards and receptions and touchdowns next year. I don't know, but he'll definitely be a top five receiver next year. I now have him as number two. Yeah, that's a good pick. And a number one for my best receiver in the NFL, I got. Devontae Adams there's really and the reason I got Devontae he possibly could take a step you know step back there's a couple reasons I think that he won't so like reason number one he can really do it all he's great at running after the catch great at catching the ball he's got great hands great route runner and you know going to Derek Carr so I don't think he's obviously not as good as Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers four-time MVP but these guys played together at Fresno State and I heard that he really wanted to go play with Derek Carr. They have a great connection. They train together in the offseason. I think Derek Carr is a really, really good guy, good leader. And like you said, the Raiders have other weapons. You can't triple-team Devontae Adams like you could in Green Bay. You got Hunter Renfro in the slot who murdered Alabama every time they played him. You got Darren Waller at tight end. And then you got Josh Jacobs at running back. So that teams are not going to be able to just single out Devontae and say, hey, we're just going to – you know, double, triple-team him, he's not going to beat us. You're not going to be able to do that. So that's why I think he'll have a great season, you know, probably as good as he had this year. And I'm really excited to see him and uh, Derek's, Derek Carr's connection and see how far he can take the Raiders. Yeah, that's a really good pick. Uh, like I said, that pick, any of these picks, I feel like nobody could really argue much because there's so many great receivers. Um, yeah, that's going to be exciting to watch him and – Old, old college um, teammates, him and Derek Carr. So, but my number one guy, you actually had him at number 10. He's my number one, Jamar Chase. And the reason wow. I have him 
number one, just because, I mean, if he did that as a rookie, I think he's going to progress even further. And we've mentioned in previous shows, the Bengals did some things to solidify the offensive line in the in, in free agency. So that would give Burrow more time to, you know, find Chase, more time to not have to be running around in the pocket. So I have Jamar Chase being the top receiver in the NFL next year. Wow, that I didn't see that coming, man. I, I mean, it's a good pick. Like you said, you know, any of these guys could – obviously, any of these guys top ten, that, that either you said or I said, they could probably be the best receiver in the NFL next year. A lot of it has to do with health, you know, how many balls they get, you know, thrown to them, the health of their quarterback, the plays, you know. So, I could definitely see, like you said, Jamar Chase, him and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a beast, you know. He's an LSU fan. Alabama's not supposed to like LSU, but I'm just going to call it like it is. Joe Burrow is a beast, and Jamar Chase is a beast. And like you said, he had a phenomenal rookie year last year, one of the best of all time. So, you know, I, honestly, I could see him being a top you know, top five receiver. I had him a little, I think, like you said, a 10, but I think that's a really good pick. Oh, yeah. he's. Gonna, I mean, I'm not a Bengals fan, so it's not like I'm rooting for them to, you know, do great. But I, I definitely could see him. Could see him doing it for sure, and I think you know I haven't followed the Bengals too much except for the offensive line they signed. But I don't know. If, I think T. Higgins and the other receivers they had there last year. I, I think they're still there. I'm not yeah, sure, yeah. but either way, the connection him and Burrow have is isn't going anywhere. So uh, I see it only getting stronger. Yeah. No. Yeah. So well, that's our list. You know, like I said, this is not a super long episode. There wasn't that much to cover, but. You know, that's our that's our episode for tonight. You know, we really appreciate everybody listening. You know, me and Stephen, we really enjoy doing this. I know I say this every time, but we just enjoy it. We're super passionate about sports, and we love that, you know, people are listening, and we, we would love to know where you're listening from. You know, shoot us an email, like I said before, timmascornersportstalk at gmail.com, or go to me and Stephen's Heath Tillman or Stephen Tillman's social media, you know, on Instagram or Facebook. Click the link. You can send us questions, you know, any topics you want us to talk about. I know it's coming to the summer, so these topics are going to kind of dry up, and we're going to have to, you know, get creative and get – you know, we're going to try to get some people on here in the upcoming weeks. So, you know, just be looking looking forward to that. You know, subscribe, give us a review. You know, Ray, we really appreciate everybody taking time out of their day, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And until next week, we'll see you.